You're listening to the Brand Ambition Podcast. Here he is, the owner of Asai TV, lead singer of the One-Eyed Buffalo, former pro wrestler, former army soldier, published author, cat lover, host of Go There, Eat That, Super Proud Dad, and all that, Brandon Bishop. Okay, it is February 1st. We've already gotten rid of one month in the new decade, 2020. It's already a month down. It's it's a whole new uh, it's a whole new time. It's a whole new world. It's a whole new place. You're a whole new you. I'm a whole new me. And we're all brought together right now by this silly little podcast that a handful of people listen to. I mean, it's pushing 2000, which means it's nowhere near 2000s, but it's more than you know, the last episode that we did. So that's good, right? We're doing good. We're doing good things. Tell a friend, tell them all about the Brandon Bishop podcast and say, Hey, you know what? I don't know if you like podcasts or not. I know everybody's got a fucking podcast these days. Don't they? Everybody's got, everybody's got a podcast. This, But this guy, this Brandon Bishop guy, whoever the fuck he is, it's, it's a little refreshing. He has no corporate sponsors. He has no advertisers he, he needs to adhere to. He has no uh, hierarchy above him saying what he can and cannot say. No, he does this shit in his fucking underwear with his cat meowing in the background. Either in his office or in his home office or whatever it is. That, that, that guy right there, he says some shit. I don't always agree with it. But sometimes I do, and then sometimes he makes me think. Sometimes I want him to shut the fuck up. So yeah, tell a friend all of that stuff. You can stop right now, rewind, and listen to what I just said. Write it down verbatim, or just share the fucking link. Yeah, he, he has his phone on in the background where people are texting him. Ah, oh, jeez. Let me click that off real quick. All right. <laughs> he checks his, his messages as he's doing a podcast. Okay, I need this phone, actually. I have a lot of notes today. I actually took notes today. How crazy is that? I wasn't even going to do this podcast today, but I was actually listening to other podcasts today. Well, not podcasts, but I mean, Howard Stern, I listened to that this morning. I listened to a little bit of Joe Rogan. I listened to uh, Jim Cornette, who's a wrestling podcast. And it just put me in the mood. And then I got some of that, you know, that bulletproof coffee in me. And I'm just like, okay, I'm starting to feel it. There it is. It starts at your toes, goes up your calves, you know, it goes up to your thighs, goes right past the cock and balls. And then bam, right into that lower gut. Then the upper gut, it goes through that mile of intestines all the way up into my stomach and it gets into my, into my esophagus and comes right up into my throat. And I'm just like, it's got to come out now. It's almost like you're throwing up toe jam. <laughs> that's disgusting. That's a, that's disgusting. But where else are you going to hear an analogy, a metaphor like throwing up toe jam? Where else are you going to hear that except for right here on the Brandon Bishop podcast with me, the guy in the title, Brandon Bishop. Yeah, that's me. I'm in a mood too today. I'm in a, like in a mood where I'm I'm in a good mood because I actually got some sleep last night. I never sleep with all the stuff going on. I just. I lay in bed, even if I'm like, my eyes are just like, like I can't open them. They're heavy and I'm, you know, playing Sudoku or something and just trying to fall asleep. And I'm just, but my brain, like right behind those eyes is is this back there just having a fucking party. Like I've never been to a party, like the parties that my own brain has within itself at night. 
And there's the ceiling. There it is. Yeah. Then on comes the TV because I'm just bored at this point. But Or out comes a notepad where I start writing stuff down or I'm staring at my goddamn phone, which I promised myself when I first got a phone, I wouldn't be one of those people. But I think it's changing my DNA now. I'm hunchback. Like hunched over my phone constantly. Oh, hey, look at this. Somebody liked my post. That's awesome. God, I hate that part about me. I hate it. But as a businessman doing all these different endeavors that I am doing right now, I, I need this stupid little freaking thing in my hand and I need to look at it all the time. Drives me freaking crazy. It drives me crazy when I see other people doing that, especially kids. When I see my kid watching YouTube videos on his phone, I'm like, dude, you have YouTube on your computer that I just got you. You have YouTube on this giant TV that's in your room. Why are you choosing to stare at that little tiny, and he doesn't even have, he has an iPhone like six, but it's like the regular one, like that tiny little thing. Why would you sit there and just want to stare at that? I don't know. (laughs) That's not an answer. Mom, was I like this as a kid? I don't know. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, you have to have answers for everything because that's what life is. Otherwise, you're just going through life instead of choosing your life. If I say, hey, what do you want to eat tonight? I don't care. And then I'll make something and he'll fucking hate it. I'm not here talking shit about my kid. He's amazing, but I'm just saying it's like frustrating. And I don't want to be one of those people that's like, I want to get rich to the point where I never need to look at my phone again. And I know that's, Almost seems impossible this day and age. But if I got a you know a billion dollars in the bank, what do I need to look at my phone for? Just people looking at their phones for me. Just do the work, put that shit in my bank account, and let's get the two billion. Anyways, I'm also in a mood because I just worked out my schedule for the entire year. Yes, the entire year. And you're talking to somebody who usually doesn't know what he's doing the next day. The 22 Eat Drink Adventure. I'm going to do a quick little plug before this thing even has a heartbeat. Well, it already has a heartbeat, but it's like a. There's like, a, you know, the ultrasound when you put it on the belly and it's like. Yeah, that's what it is right now. It's still in the belly. It's still being incubated. It's still growing. It still has the, the cord attached. It hasn't given birth yet, but I'm hoping this time next year, maybe actually before that. Um, yeah, that'll be the main thing that's going on right now. And I'm going to keep doing a side TV. I'm going to keep trying to do you know, a little side project like the Colorado Springs channel, these podcasts, all the events that we do. Uh, I, I don't know how we're going to do all that, but uh, I'm going to try um, because I got to be in the road for like 250 days this year. That means I'm only going to be home like 106 days a year or something like that. I, I, I don't know. I'm sacrificing this year. I'm sacrificing time with my kid. I'm sacrificing time with my cat. Um, I'm sacrificing just being home. I'm sacrificing, you know, all the projects with the Psy TV that we could have done this year. I'm doing all of that and, and just sacrificing, sacrificing, sacrificing. So this time next year, I don't have to worry about the things that I worry about right now. I don't have to worry about money and I don't have to worry about, you know, my car breaking down and all this shit. I'm not a fucking rich guy. Yes, I do a lot of shit that rich people do. But those are the people, those are the trust fund babies. Those are the people that were, you know, lucky enough to find themselves in a position or, and, or those are the people that work their ass off to get to a point. I'm still in that working my ass off point. And at 46, it kind of weighs at your head a little bit. Fuck, I'm going to be dead in 20, 30, 40 years. 
So this is my year. I have to cram it all into 2020. This has to be the fucking year where I pull my head so far out of my ass that I can see down the road. And this 22 gimmick, you can go right now, look at the skeleton of it. It's not up yet by any means. There's no videos on it. Uh, But it's a television network for people who like to travel. And it's going to be called the 22 Eat, Drink, Adventure. And, And it'll be every single state that we do a top 22 food, drink, and adventure. Now, food could be a, a food truck or a restaurant or, you know, something, place that you can go get food. Okay, put it this way. You're going to go to fucking Delaware. For some reason, you're going to find yourself in Delaware. And you're like, what the hell's in Delaware? <laughs> you can go to, you know, TripAdvisor and all these different places and Yelp and all that stuff and look. But you're going to get kind of a corporate uh, entity when you do that. It's, you know, the people that paid to be on there. Then you get all the people that are, it's, gonna, it's more of a review site and, you know, things like that. It's just, it's, it's not you know, what, I mean, granted, these businesses are paying us to do it and it's very cheap. But there's a lot of research that goes into it and a lot of reaching out to places and, and getting recommend, recommendations and polls and stuff like that. So. It's going to be a lot of fun. So you can go click on Delaware. You go to the 22iscool.com, click on Delaware. Boom. 22 things will show up that are either food, drink, or adventure. And by adventure, I mean skydiving and you know train rides or just fun shit, zip lining, um, you name it, rafting, ice climbing, skiing, all kinds of shit. So over the next year and some change, I have to be in every single state filming 22 different things, which are only going to be like three to five minute videos tops. And yeah, that's a lot. (laughs) 22 different places in 50, I think mm, 52 now categories because we're not going to do Alaska this year. We're not going to do Puerto Rico like we planned. We're going to hold that off until next year. So that'll be probably next summer type of thing. Uh, We're still doing Hawaii. That'll be where we spend New Year's filming. (laughs) Take my kid with me. Take, uh, you know, the people that are involved with it. Who knows who will know by then? Who knows who will be involved with the project by then? Who knows any of that stuff? Money changes everything. So this is my chance to, like I said, succeed. This is a money project. This is, I mean, it's a passion project. Yes, I love the creativity of it. I love the fact that I get to travel. I love all of that stuff, but... It's, this is the, you know, this is the bank. So side TV can grow as well and everything around it can grow. And all these books that we've been releasing with my kid, they can grow. We can advertise. We can do all kinds of stuff. This is a means to an end. And it's a means to an end that will probably never end because people will come and go and businesses will close and this and that. So I'm jumping headfirst into a giant fucking headache as if I didn't have enough going on as it is. Let's get to the headlines. It's time for the headlines, baby. Let's get funky. Okie dokie. You know what all the headlines are right now. And I'm going to save the main headline about the impeachment and the the whole um, not allowing witnesses and uh, evidence into a trial. What? Okay, I'm going to save that, though. I'm going to save that for the Dungeon of Douche because everybody in fucking Washington is getting shackled up into the Dungeon of Douche today. I'm done with it. 
Uh, coronavirus fears lead. Uh, coronavirus fears lead nurses to. Uh, <laughs> I can't speak right now. Coronavirus. Let me get that radio voice going. Coronavirus fears lead. Oh my god, I can't read this. It's because they capitalized every word. I'm on NPR right now, the National Public Radio, and getting their headlines from and getting headlines from there. Coronavirus fears lead to nurses to threaten strike in Hong Kong if borders aren't shut. That is the worst. Who is in charge of NPR's stories here? That is, coronavirus fears lead nurses to threaten strike in Hong Kong. No, no punctuation, no commas, nothing. If borders aren't shut, not even a period at the end of the uh, the title. Maybe I'm wrong because I'm not like a you know a major in composition or anything, but that just came off stupid. Oh boy. Oh yeah, coronavirus, and you know we've all made the joke. It's from drinking Corona, whatever. It's. I think I was the first to say that, but I'll never get credit for it. Of course. It's just. Uh, it's just a Nurses bunch of, in Hong Kong are here we threatening go. to go on strike if the city doesn't shut its border with mainland China. Some nurses have already engaged in unauthorized sickouts to protest what they say is a lack of action by Hong Kong officials to address the new coronavirus outbreak. Well, yeah. As NPR's Jason Bobian reports in Hong Kong, hospitals in the city are scrambling to set up isolation wards. I guess it's getting really ready bad. The Tunmun Public Hospital in the northwest of Hong Kong currently isn't treating any confirmed cases of the new coronavirus. Several cases have been diagnosed here, but they've all since been transferred to the hospital authority. You know, at first you hear things like this and it's like, okay, it's just another bird flu. It's just another SARS. It's just another H1PN, whatever, H1P1 or N, whatever the fuck that was. I mean, you know, we had the Ebola scare and all that stuff. And it's... You know, the, the media get, hops on to shit like this and they make it way, 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 way worse than it really is. If you want to really hop on to a topic that's killing people, why don't we talk about heart disease? Why don't we talk about diabetes? Why don't we talk about, uh, you know, heart failure? Why don't we talk about cancer, you know, in a more realistic term and actually find who has the cure for it and get it from them and cure cancer, which we'll never do because that would just bankrupt the pharmaceutical industry. Why, you know, why, why are we talking about those things? These, they're like trendy freaking viruses. They're trendy viruses. Bird flu killed what? Nine people. Nine people are dying right now, probably from bug bites or snake bites. You'll never hear about them. Nine people are dying right now being trampled by a giraffe. Most likely somewhere, probably in Africa where they have giraffes. Nine people are dying right now from choking on a ham sandwich. And, and I'm not minimalizing anyone's death. That's a shame when, you, when, when someone dies before their time, you know, for something somewhat preventable. But at the same time, it's, you know, that people get so hyped up and it becomes... Almost like they enjoy it. They enjoy hearing about these possible end of the world scenarios. We love it. Especially the evangelical types. Oh, there it is. Oh, we have something to talk about in church this weekend. Oh boy, Sunday, I'm going to come up loaded with some information for you about the coronavirus. That's right, Jesus. If Jesus comes back uh, to cure us from the coronavirus, 
then uh, then I will look good to my followers. And then that's all I really care about is that people think I'm right and that people have faith in me and me, me, me and Jesus. Because me and Jesus are pretty much one and the same. I'm on this podium. Oh, hallelujah. I'm on this podium because I'm blessed enough. Yes, I'm blessed enough to speak the words that Jesus can, that Jesus can speak to me through my brain. I, 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 they come into my, into my subconscious and I know Jesus. I know Jesus and Jesus knows me and that's why you should all follow me and that's why you should wake up on Sunday morning, get dressed real nice and come see me. Oh, and don't forget to leave some money behind, too, because uh, the church needs money because, you know, we don't pay taxes. But at the same time, if you do get the coronavirus, I will be your best help. Don't worry about medical facilities. Me and Jesus will cure you of that coronavirus. I can almost guarantee you those almost exact words have been said in and around churches all over the country, maybe even all over the world different languages, who knows? And you wonder why I don't follow organized religion. Jeez. Oh, <sighs> Anyways, um, <laughs> coronavirus. Yeah. I, I guess this one is, you know, kind of legit though. It's, uh, I don't know. I've done no research on it because I expect it won't even be a topic in a month. Nobody will talk about it because it'll be just something that comes and goes. Cause that's normally, that's the norm. That's what happens. Anyway, um, yeah, I guess it's, it's wiping out some Chinese people, but, you know, I, I almost have to think, though, when you have very limited EPA regulations and you have, you know, billions of people, I mean, it's a big place, but you have billions of people crammed in together. You know, I often worry about that. You know, people get sick, they get flu, they get all that stuff just in, you know, open areas like Colorado Springs, where I live. You know, you get you you start hearing, you know, oh, I'm sick, oh, I'm sick, oh, I'm sick, I'm sick, oh, I'm sick, you know, and it's, oh, shit, everyone's sick, and this is why I don't leave the house very often. This is why I'm almost dreading the next, you know, year of my life, because I got to be out there shaking a fuck down of hands every day. But, you know, when you got such a congested population, just, and then you don't have, you know, what we have in this country, which is the EPA regulations, which Trump has done gutted just about, um, another reason I don't like the guy or his policies or whatever. Um, yeah, it's scary. And, and the media loves it when we're scared. So my guess, my educated guess, just from being on this planet for 46 years and seeing this shit come and go, is that in a month, nobody will be talking about the coronavirus. Now, could it be the thing that wipes out half of China and starts spreading around the world? Sure, it could be. Anything can fucking happen. Could it be the end of the world? Probably not, but it could be. And I think that's what the media likes to hang on to. Yes, there is a responsibility that the media has to inform, inform us about what's going on. But don't add that spin and don't add the flashing lights and the graphics and the, the you know, the serious dun, 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 music and all that shit behind it. Because then you're just trying to fucking scare us as a population. And a scared population makes stupid mistakes and does stupid fucking things like elect Donald Trump. Yeah. Anyway, what's next here on uh, NPR? More coronavirus stuff? Yeah, serious. Mexico's president. Um, dude, there is no commas, periods, anything. Every word is capitalized on NPR. 
Are you serious? Mexico's president may raffle off official plane, dash, and Mexicans find it hilarious. Okay. If you're in the market for buying a Boeing 787 Dreamliner, look no further than Mexican's leader. Look no further, no comma. Mexico's leader, leader has just the plane for you. I can't even read this shit. I promise I'm smart. I'm college educated. And he's apparently struggling to find a buyer. Okay, that's news. Um, more coronavirus. It's all election and coronavirus on NPR. Give me something interesting. Give me something funny, or I'm just going to kill the fucking segment right now. Alexander, Senator Alexander explains decision not to call witnesses in Trump's impeachment trial. Well, because you're an old white fucking Republican that, and even this guy, actually, this guy right here has admitted that Trump did, you know, the collusion thing and did the, the mafia tactics to Ukraine and all that stuff. He admits he did all of it. His, his reason for not wanting to call witnesses and evidence, as he says, is because he says he already has enough evidence. Okay. Well, you stupid old son of a bitch. Are you going to vote against him? No, he's not. Because he doesn't say he because he thinks the punishment doesn't fit the crime. So basically, you're wiping your ass with the Constitution that you hold so dear. Seriously, it's like one moment fucking and it's not just Republicans, it's Democrats as well. And we're going to get into this. But at one minute, you're 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 in bed making out with the Constitution, which I totally believe needs a first page first page rewrite entirely. I think it needs to be fucking scrapped and redone. Keep all the good parts. Get rid of the parts that don't matter anymore. Put in new shit that does matter anymore. It's just sad, man. I'm fucking tired of hearing about it, too. And that's the problem with, you know, 24 media and stuff, 24-7 media, is that they pound this shit into our heads so much that we get bored with it, like crazy bored with it. It's mind-numbing. And we stop following. We stop caring. I'm guilty of it. More coronavirus, more coronavirus. Wow, this is like really passing around, huh? Uh, the Hummer is coming back as an electric vehicle. What the fuck? Hang on, I gotta listen to this. Remember the Hummer, that massive military-style vehicle with terrible gas mileage? Yeah. Had its heyday in the early 2000s. It's the well, douchebag vehicle of the year. a comeback. And this time, instead of a gas guzzler, it is an electric vehicle. You heard that right. NPR's Camila Dominoski <laughs> has more. Electric vehicles are quiet, so this mm. is a Hummer that doesn't hum. General Motors what? is driving that theme home in a Super Bowl ad this weekend. The teaser videos say this is a truck... With massive torque and a thousand horsepower that goes zero to sixty in three seconds, that will sound like this. Where's the fun in that? That silence says a lot. The embrace of an electric truck okay, is an astonishing I mean, reversal from back with. Okay, I, I props to them. They have all these Hummers out there, probably shells and molds and all this stuff and, and parts, and they can't sell them because only a douchebag buys a fucking Hummer nowadays. And I get okay. We're gonna gut it out. We're going to make it environmentally friendly, and we're going to put it on the market. Now, that can go two ways. <laughs> Either you'll capture the douchebag market and the, uh, the green go-getter go market, 
you know, the environmentally friendly market. You'll capture both of them at the same time, and you'll have this massive fucking a wonderful sales uh, report at the end of the year. Or the douchebags who would buy a Hummer in the first place will go, oh, it's electric? Well, I don't want that. And then you'll have the environmentally friendly people saying, uh, a Hummer, are you serious? I don't care if it has zero emissions. I don't care what it does. That is a terrible, awful douchebag vehicle. And then you'll lose both markets. My bet is pretty much on the latter, to be honest with you. I can't imagine anybody out there who previously has a, a Prius or you know one of these Leaf or whatever they are, these hybrid vehicles, Sitting there going, oh, my God, they're going to have a zero emissions electric Hummer. I can't wait to have one of those in my parking lot. Oh, my God, it's going to be the greatest thing. Hummer. I can't imagine anybody ever saying that. So at least the people that I know, I don't ever want a Hummer. I don't care what it's got under the roof. I don't want that thing. It's gross. It's I drove a Humvee in the army because I was paid to. And you know what? It was fun as shit. Or the off-roading and doing all the field exercises and all that stuff. It was a blast. Do I want one in my freaking parking lot in my garage? No. Ew. I almost made myself actually throw up there. Hang on. A little bulletproof coffee to wash that down. Wow, that cup went fast. Okay. Anyways, I can't imagine any of the uh, environmentally friendly hippies driving around in a Hummer. You know, maybe I don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they'll paint it tie dye and and uh, just you know, maybe in the back if it's like one of those like pickup truck Hummers, they can grow some beans or something. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Product placement. Brandon likes this stuff. I'm a big fan of this music. I think I say that every week. Makes me want to join the circus. Oh, I faded that way too soon. Anyways, today's product placement is, uh, there's no companies involved this week. It's a lot of different companies that are doing this. And it's a, uh, you know, nobody's giving me free stuff. Nobody's paying me to say any of this shit. So, Let's get into it. Charcoal stuff. Activated charcoal stuff. Activated charcoal is like a fine, odorless black powder, often used in like emergency rooms to treat overdoses and stuff like that. But it also stops toxins and uh, from being absorbed into your stomach and all that stuff. Um, apparently, your body's unable to absorb charcoal, so you know toxins and things like that stick to it, and then you shit it all out. Um, it's good for general detoxification, uh, f- like from low processed, I don't know, like processed food, low quality food and shit like that. So, I mean, you could drink it, uh, you can wipe it on your skin. It relieves digestive issues, gas and bloating. I have not farted once in like six, about six months since I've started this whole thing. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it, it has a lot of different things like that. I don't know why it's in everything right now. I have a charcoal laced toothbrush. I do. And I use charcoal toothpaste on it. I use charcoal, uh, uh, what are they? Bubble bath, <laughs> like Dr. Teal's or something has an activated charcoal bubble bath. And, um, I love it. I don't know why. And this makes my skin feel good. So I, I, it, 
I, I just like it. I, I like. It. I don't really know. I'm looking it up right now. Is what is what does charcoal do for your teeth? Activated charcoal does have some great benefits, like water filtration. It traps impurities and harmful substances, and de- detoxing. It they keep they love that detox. That must be the like the bonus hot phrase right there. Detox. Um, the packing packaging will tell you that activated charcoal can absorb harmful mouth bacteria, toxins, remove stains from your teeth. Blah 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 blah. Oh, wait, what is this? Do charcoal pills make you poop? Activated charcoal will only bind whatever particles are in your stomach and intestines at the time you take it. It works by coming into physical contact with your intestines, contents, your shit. Activated charcoal slows down your bowel and is known to cause nausea and constipation and black stools. Ooh, like death metal shit. Anyways, I don't take charcoal pills. So I'm not worried about that, but I do use it on my skin. Uh, I have I had a bath bomb that the blue dragon gave me and it ruined my bathtub. So there there's that there's, <laughs> that's my one negative so far against charcoal, but I've used it in a lot of different stuff. Like I said, mainly like toothpaste and skincare products and stuff like that. I had a facial, uh, no, a bunch of guys didn't jerk off on of my face. I had a, uh, you know, the little, the mask that you put on there. And that honestly, when that peeled off, I was like, son of a bitch. Like, I feel my face feels like a freaking newborn baby's ass. And no, don't even start going there where, oh, Brandon goes around and feels newborn's asses. No, I've had kids, unfortunately. You know, I've had to touch a button in my life or two, mainly to wipe crap off of it. But it was real smooth. It was real. I was like, holy shit, this is amazing. Like, ugh. And uh, so, yeah, like I said, no company's paying me. Nobody giving me free shit, even though they should. I say it every week. They should totally do it because I'm talking to a lot of people right now. <sighs> but, yeah, charcoal stuff. Today's product placement. Go buy some. Tell me what you think. Oh, God. Welcome to the Dungeon of Douches. These people are assholes. As I mentioned at the top of the show, I'm reserving the Dungeon of Douche. You know what? I'm not even going to add anybody to the actual Dungeon of Douche, but I am going to take a bunch of shackles and a bunch of muck and a lot of insects and rodents and some black spray paint to just cover all the, the walls and everything and, and just a bunch of just, just feces and, and shit and, and mud and garbage. And I'm just going to bring it to Capitol Hill and just fucking throw it everywhere. Chain up all the freaking people. I don't care what side of the fence you freaking believe in. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later, too, because the meat of this episode is, as you could probably tell in the title of the episode, everything you believe in is bullshit, especially politics. Politics? I said politics because Jesus and politics are the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go there again. Anyways, what the fuck is going on? up there, over there in Washington, D.C. What the fuck? First of all, before I even get into it, let's chain them all up. I don't care if it starts with an R or a D. I don't care if you like the color blue or the color red or an elephant or a donkey. I don't give a fuck what you believe in, even if you're in the middle. Even people I respect, like Bernie Sanders and people like that, all of you, at this point, all of you are being chained upside down into the Dungeon of Douche uh, Annex. Washington is the Dungeon of Douche Annex. We don't have room for everybody in the actual Dungeon of Douche. It's getting pretty full. But Washington, D.C., the Capitol building, we've turned that into the annex where everyone can just stay there. And we'll make it as shitty as possible for you because you all deserve it. 
Now, of course, the president's being impeached right now. Yes, he's already impeached. He is an impeached president. He's one of like three or four that's ever had it happen. You know, we can debate on whether Richard Nixon was actually impeached or not. I don't think he was because he left before it, it, you know, he flew away on a helicopter before he could get impeached, but he would have been. The trials were beginning. <sighs> okay, let, let, let's say something. Right. Let, let's do this. Let's say I really fuck up. Let's say I get really, really, really um, desperate and I go rob a bank. Okay. And there's a bunch of witnesses there. There's a bunch of evidence. There's films and there's audio of it and people with their phones out and shit. I go rob a bank because I'm poor as fuck and I got to pay my bills and I got to feed my goddamn cat and I have to have this money. Fuck you. Here's a gun in your face. Give me all the goddamn money in the drawer right now. Boom. I didn't shoot anybody, but I'm saying boom as in that's the period of that statement. Boom. Okay, maybe I did shoot somebody by accident. But anyway, (sighs) sorry if I shot somebody in my metaphorical bank robbing um, I never would, never would. I'd never rob a bank either. But anyway, let me get to the point. I fucked up. They caught me. Now the trial's coming up. And I get to tell everybody up there because I'm big Brandon who does the Brandon Bishop podcast. Everybody knows me. I got the Asai TV network. You know, I was a singer for one-eyed Buffalo. I got, you know, books with my son, Billy Fred Whopper goggles. I got all these events that I'm doing, like the chocolate and cheese expo coming up that everyone's excited about and the gamer taco comic con that everybody's excited about. All these things going, I'm a big fucking deal. And I get to tell everybody at that upcoming trial, I get to tell all the lawyers, I get to tell all the, the, uh, the court officials and the judges and everybody. I don't want any, any of that video, audio, or phone evidence admitted. I don't want any of that admitted into my trial. Also, I don't want anybody to take the stand against me or for me for that matter. It doesn't matter. I don't want that, I don't want that admitted into this case. And they don't admit it. Why don't I have that luxury? That's exactly what the president just did. Donald Jerkoff Trump just did that. And then he tells all of his people, no, you're not going to cooperate with anything. This is a fucking trial. The biggest trial of the fucking, what, last five, six, seven, eight years, maybe ever. This is the biggest trial since, you know, the impeachment of Bill Clinton or OJ or somebody. And the president, who's the defendant, am I doing this wrong? Am I saying wrong things? Am I ill-informed? Am I not privy to, a, to, to the system of how this works? I've watched enough to the point where my mind is drained of just oh, life. And this is the conclusion I'm coming up with is the president gets to dictate his own trial. How does that fucking work? Because he's the president. Is that it? Is that a presidential like privilege? So yeah, next time I fuck up, which could happen, who knows? (laughs) I'm not a perfect gentleman here. Next time I fuck up and if I ever have to go to trial again, I want the ability to omit any evidence or any in-person, um, any, any of that stuff. I forgot the word. <laughs> what is the word? I just fucking said it. Uh, witnesses. Witnesses. Yeah. I want all of that out. I don't want anybody speaking against me or even for me. I just want people to judge from what they've heard. That's it. 
If the president gets that kind of luxury, I think we should all get that luxury. And for the fact that they voted literally, what, today to omit any witnesses or evidence, that if any reason in the history of the Dungeon of Douche, that warrants you a first-class ticket to being hung upside down by your ankles with your head in three inches of shit, bug feces, and mud, and garbage juice for all of eternity because you're a douchebag. And that goes for both sides. I know you're like, oh, the Democrats were really trying to get it. No, the Democrats have been the big, honestly, the Democrats are the biggest pussies in the freaking history of, of politics. Modern day Democrats are fucking pussies. You know, I got to run for office and I don't think I'll I definitely, I'll definitely not be a Republican, but I don't think I'll be a Democrat either. I have to run independent or come up with my own party or something because I, I personally would know how to talk to these people, the Republicans. I would know how to. I wouldn't clam up when I got on that podium. Not a, not a damn chance in the freaking world. I would call people out. I would put the, the interests of the American people, the people of the United States of America, first and foremost over my own political campaigns, first and foremost over my uh, factions that I have within Washington, my political affiliations, any of that. And I would speak to people like they want to be speaking to, spoken to, and I would talk to them the way they deserve to be spoken to. So welcome to the fucking Dungeon of Douche, Washington. You got your whole annex right now. You can just stay close to home, upside down, with your head in three inches of shit. Welcome to the Hall of Respect. These people are awesome. I love them. Okay, here's another heated exchange you're about to have to sit through. I have a friend, I'm not going to mention his name because there's legal issues going on, and it's... And it's not just him, but I will use him as an example. I'll call him, I don't know, Jay. How about Jay? Um, Jay has been accused of sexual harassment. Now, immediately, you hate Jay, don't you? Oh, fuck Jay. Fucking sexually harassing these poor women. Now, now. Jay didn't do a fucking thing outside of being a boss and hiring them. Jay, who I've known for 25 fucking years just about, is a great, great man. He's done things for me. I've been, you don't get to be friends with me for 25 years unless I absolutely adore you. And I do. He's got a great family. He's got amazing kids. His wife is a hot. And Jay... The only thing he's guilty at is hiring a couple of stupid fucking idiots. I would say bitches, but then you guys would get all fucking tissy about that. Oh, you can't call them bitches anymore. No, fuck you. They're fucking bitches. These women, one who only worked there for like six weeks. Now, keep 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 in mind, Jay has owned this business for 20 years without one issue without one accusation without any failure from what I've seen on a business end or a personal end successful marriage I mean the guy is somebody I look up to and these stupid bitches there's two of them don't keep in mind one worked there for like two years one worked there for about I think five or six months got together 
at the same time. And, and here's the thing. Do I have any proof that they've made this up? I don't. Do I have any proof that he didn't do it? I don't. Outside of knowing the guy for fucking two decades plus. I'm tired of this shit. Because, and I talked to him about it. And when he told me, like, dude, I think this is exactly verbatim what he said. It was, I know the word dude was involved. Dude, this is the biggest sack of bullshit like, nobody believes these women. Nobody except for their fucking lawyer because they're, they're getting paid to believe them. He said, you know what? Like, I can easily prove that none of this shit happened. But I still have to go through this process. My name is still getting dragged through the fucking mud. My business is being affected for it. My, you know, my wife supports me 100%. But even that, you know, it's a strain on a marriage. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating. And I worry about this shit all the time, man. I worry about this shit all the time. I'm not a huge celebrity. I'm not a big million dollar business guy like this guy is. But I'm, I'm still very, very susceptible to it. This whole me too bullshit. Let's go on to one of my idols. And I'm going to talk about my... Uh, Idols a little bit later, I think. So I'm going to ask you a male question about that. Louis C.K., one of the funniest, most ingenious entertainers of this generation, easily. He's influenced me. You know what? All my influences are from like the 70s and 80s, sometimes even before that. Very few people in the last 20 years have influenced me at all. Maybe some in the 90s as well. But in the last 20 years, I can probably name on just like bands that I can even listen to. Comedians that I even get close to identifying with. I, I can't, you know, think of many of them outside of Louis C.K. and just a few others. But what happened to Louis C.K.? You know, it's in the middle of all this Cosby shit and Harvey Weinstein shit. And, oh, me too. We're going to meet too, everybody. Yes, some of them deserved it. Cosby deserves to fucking pay for what he did. Harvey Weinstein deserves to be fucking dying in before our eyes right now. He's a piece of shit. Let's talk about the Louis thing. And this is off the top of my head. So if I'm saying this story wrong, then please correct me and I'll fix it later. But there's a couple of female comedians who weren't getting anywhere in life, probably because they weren't fucking funny. You know what? Just because you're a comedian doesn't mean you're fucking funny. Doesn't mean you're going to connect with an audience. Doesn't mean you're going to be some rich superstar like Louis. So what do they do? They, they connect to him. They fucking grasp onto him. They, they want to be in his conversations. They want to be around him. Okay, Louis, was he perfect? No. Did he have some sexual fetishes going on? Apparently, don't we all? So, if, like I said, if I'm saying this wrong, please correct me. But I, from what I've heard, he asked them to come up to a hotel room or an office or something like that. He asked them. If you can, you know, rub one out in front of them. And both times they said yes. Obviously, they said yes because they made it to the fucking hotel room. And I don't know Louis. I've only met him once briefly as a fan. Hey, can you sign this? Ha ha. We got to talk for two minutes. Highlight of my career. And that was back in like 07, I think. But I, I never laughed so hard in my life than I did that night in Denver. 
and at all his comedy specials and at all his movies. I fucking adore the guy. He changed the way I thought about things. That's a successful comedian. That's why he's an idol of mine. And that's why these women attached themselves to him. And they went up to his hotel room and they let him do what he wanted to do. He didn't rape him. He didn't fuck him. As far as I know. Like I said, you can't say anything these days because you weren't there. But I mean, it's, you know, they destroyed his name. He's done nothing since. And he even manned up and said, yeah, I did these things. And wrote a whole letter about it. And we haven't seen him since. And that fucking sucks. Millions of people were robbed of his talents. Millions of people are robbed of his stories and his presence. And, you know, I'm one of them. And I fucking hate it. Why? Because some girls agreed to do some shit with him and then fucking regretted it later when they realized that their shitty fucking comedy will never get over? Fuck them. And fuck these girls that are fucking over my friend. Tired of this shit. And it can go both ways. I'm not just fucking ripping on females. It just happens to be the examples. That can go anyway. That can go, you know, the route of race. You know how many times people have used the race card against me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's fucking stupid. If you use the race card against anybody, anybody, then you're, unless there's some, you know, fucking dipshit, redneck, fucking racist asshole. If you use the race card in a common spat, quarrel, fight, argument, whatever it is, just because you can, that means you have nothing fucking else and you're not smart enough to fucking actually fucking debate anybody. And that goes whether you're white, fucking Samoan, Asian, I don't give a fuck what color you are. If you're using that card because that's all you fucking have, then you're stupid and you've already lost the argument. Get the fuck out of the goddamn room. Sick of this shit. So anyways, I know this is the Hall of Respect. It's probably the longest one I've ever done. But I want to put everybody in the Hall of Respect because I respect you for what you're going through. Like anybody who's been fucking victimized by a cause. All these fucking my life matters and my fucking me too. And this, fuck all of that shit. All that is is a reason. And don't get me wrong. It's usually founded. It's usually rooted in truth in an actual instance in an actual you know uh, thing that happened that they wanted to raise awareness for it usually that's how it starts but then it balloons into all these motherfuckers that want to attach themselves to a cause just so they can get attention just so their posts can get likes and we've already talked about this millions of times but we're going to talk about it again because i'm fucking tired of it the world does not revolve around you no matter how much fucking clout you think you have no matter how important you fucking think you are the world does not fucking revolve around you and your fucking soapbox social media fucking bullshit it doesn't matter you don't matter you're not important shut the fuck up totally tired of this shit i'm fucking pissed because my friend quote jay end quote doesn't deserve this louis ck didn't deserve this you know what three years ago when i broke up with this piece of shit that i was dating she went around to everybody all my friends some of my family everybody in the film industry told everybody that I was beating her and her daughter, and I'm going to get personal with it right now, if you don't mind. 
told her that I told everybody that I trashed her house and I stole a bunch of shit from her. I treated this woman like a fucking queen. I did every fucking thing I possibly could to make her and her daughter happy. Her daughter adored me. So she puts this fucking post out or puts this message out to all these different people. And they all came back to me because none of them believed her. And that's usually what happens. She made herself look like a fucking idiot. And then I posted something out there too. And it's, you know, used her real name and all this shit, used her real age and basically said, look, if you believe this stuff, you're fucking stupid. If you don't know me, reach out to me whatever. I don't even remember what I wrote, but it was uh, enough to shut her the fuck up. I actually started dating a really, really cool Polish girl who was a friend of both of ours, but chose me over her. Yeah, she was cool. Um, Anyway. um, Yeah. So I'm just tired of this shit. Most of it, like I said, is just people trying to attach themselves to a cause, trying to attach themselves to a hashtag so that they can get attention. I don't respect any of those people, but the people that are victimized, I have all the respect if you didn't do it. If you did do it, fuck you. Go rot in the fucking dungeon of douche with, you know, Congress or the Senate or all of them. But if you didn't do it and you're being accused of doing shit and you're being publicly shamed and humiliated and and destroyed professionally and personally, you're in the hall of respect because uh, I feel your pain. Mail time. Here's the mail, it never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. I still I still have yet to hear back from this guy, Steve. Steve Burns. Um the guy who's singing that song, the original host of Blue Clue, Blues Clues. I've reached out. I've done what I can do. I've reached out on Twitter. I think Instagram. I've reached out. I want to interview the guy on this show, and it's going to happen. This is a quest. It will happen. We'll play his music. We'll play. We'll talk blues clues. We'll talk about what's going on now. Steve, what are you doing, man? Maybe he's a hardcore Trump supporter or something, and he's heard my podcast. I'll check it out before I do it. And he's like, fuck that shit. I ain't getting on there. But I don't want to talk about politics with him. I want to talk blues clues. Anyways, mail. I want to do the mail now instead of at the end of the episode because you've asked some goofy-ass questions, and it's going to cheer me up. It's going to brighten the whole mood before we get into <laughs> the whirlwind of shit that's coming later in the meat of this episode, which is entitled, Everything That You Believe In Is Bullshit. Oh, man, I'm going to piss so many of you off. I am going to piss you off, but at the same time, I hope you think a little bit. I don't mind pissing you off as long as you think. And then later you'll be like, hmm, yeah, maybe that is bullshit. Anyways, let's get to the mail. Trey wants to know, what time do you poop every day? Trey, it's, um, there is no time that I poop. It's just total chaos every day. It's, I wish there was like a time like where I could just, oh, yeah, I, I, Mm. Oh, oh boy. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> oh, I wish that it was like on demand. I could just be like, you know what? It's time for me to poop now. And mm-hmm. oh, oh, and then um, just had, you know, oh, head to the bathroom. I'm going to stop doing that. It's. <laughs> 
does Brandon have a fart button standing by? No, I had to look it up, but uh, no, there's no, there's no time during the day. I wish there was like, oh, it's, it's 6 p.m. I must poop, you know, or hey, I just woke up in the morning. Let's poop. Um, I, do, I poop whenever I need to poop. It, sometimes it's once a day. Sometimes it's not, not at all. Sometimes it's three times a day. Sometimes it's, you know, you get the Hershey squirts and you're sitting in there all day. So no rhyme or reason, Trey. Um, if that's a, uh, a sign of a medical issue, please let me know. Otherwise, uh, stay out of my potty business. What are you asking dirty questions for? Cynthia wants to know, boxers, briefs, boxer briefs, or freeballing? <sighs> More personal questions, you know? Next, they're going to ask me how big my wiener is. Oh, you're, you're asking that right now. You all want to know. Now you're just dying. Now, even the guys out there are like, hmm, I want to know. I'd like to compare. Don't worry about it. Unless it's like in your face, you don't need to worry about the size of my wiener. And if it's in your face, then you can like judge it then. Like, is this going to do it for me? Or, you know, it's just maybe this is too big or maybe this is, I'm not even going to feel this thing. Like whatever, whatever suits you. I don't know. <laughs> Got off of my own little tangent on the side there. Anyways, uh, boxers brief, boxer briefs are free balling. Free balling. I haven't not worn underwear since I was forced to in the army. And that's been 20 years ago, 20, yeah, about 20 years ago. So. Yep, nothing down there, just all skin on denim. Anyway, but it works. I like it. It makes me happy. Saves me time, too, and money. I don't have to buy underwear. I don't have to put it on. Time and money saved right there. Same reason I don't have, like, a like a separator in the uh, silverware drawer. No, you just dump that shit in there and get what you fucking need. You know how much time it takes to put all the forks in the fork spot, all the spoons and the knives and all that? It takes a lot of time. That's like five fucking minutes of, of three times a week, 15 minutes. You know what I can do in 15 minutes? A lot. I could do a quarter of this podcast in the time it takes me just to put away silverware every week. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Who are your idols? Um, by Chase. Thanks, Chase, for asking me. I just posted something on Facebook because of this question when I read it last night. Um, I have so many. So go to Brandon Bishop Facebook page. I got a little collage that I made, a little fancy collage. has everyone from Mel Brooks to Monty Python to Vince McMahon to Henry Wallace to... Cheech and Chong, Louis C.K., Ricky Gervais, George Carlin, Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, John Cusack, uh, Seth MacFarlane. You know, there's a ton of them on there. Pink Floyd, did I already say that? There's a, I have a lot of idols. My mom, my son. So they're the people that make me who I am. But uh, maybe we'll do a whole podcast about that. Something positive for once. That'd be nice. Uh, Fourth question from Big Balls McGee. Yes, Big Balls McGee. I'm happy you... uh, I'm happy Big Balls is listening. Um, what have been your proudest professional moments? Or what has been your proudest professional moment? I'm, I could easily go off and, you know, family stuff. I got to film. Uh, you know, I don't know. It's hard because there's so many different things now. It's like in pro wrestling, my proudest moment was, you know, selling the damn place out, doing the send-off for Dr. Death Steve Williams in 2009. That was extremely proud moment. Um, you know, I won an ARCOM in Korea when in the army, I've, I've done a lot of things that have to be really, really proud of. I'm mostly proud of myself for the last five years of making a living with the side TV and all the different projects around it, just making a living with my own hands, my own creativity, my own brain. And, um, you know, not having to rely on anybody. And just kind of doing my own thing and making it work. I'm very proud of that. Um, I'll be even prouder in a year when this 22 thing is kicking. And, you know, 
I'll be doing these podcasts from freaking Hawaii at that point. I, I don't know. But um, I mean, there's little things like I recorded Go There, Eat That. I was just about to say at the El Dorado's restaurant where I used to work as a like a late teenager. That's where I learned how to cook. I got my mom and my son in that shot with the people that were still there. That was really a, a really cool moment. Um, you know, lots of wrestling stuff, lots of TV stuff. I, I, I have a lot of them. I, I, it's hard to narrow down. I mean, that would be a whole podcast in its own. But great question now. Thank you. Cy or the CY? 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 Uh, wants to know, what Funko Pops do you still need? <laughs> I, don't, I don't need any of them, okay? <laughs> this Funko Pop thing is... Uh, Fucking out of control. I don't. I told my. I saw them and I'm like, oh, that's lame. Who's gonna collect that shit? Like, just you know, little kid trendy little fuckers. But no, they got the cool ones. I got a bunch of like, like little shop of horror ones now, and like Super Troopers and all the Rick and Morty ones. And I really want the uh, South Park ones. Are you are you offering to like buy these for me? Is that why you're asking? Because yeah, I, I need to get caught up on South Park ones, Family Guy ones. There's a bunch of Adam Sandler ones out there. All the you know ones that I said earlier, my idols like Monty Python, Cheech and Chong. I want all of that shit. So um, yeah, if you're out there uh, Funko Pop shopping for Brandon, then that's who you need to look for. And that's half the fun of it too. I don't order these online. Only one I ordered online was Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life because I could not find it anywhere and I had to have it. Uh, but yeah, I, it's kind of fun to just be out there looking for them and finding them. That's that's really what I, uh, why I do it. So I'll find one and be like, oh, shit, there's 10 more dollars I got to spend. <sighs> okay. Did you ever play sports in high school or college from Rodney? Um, I never played college sports. I was never good enough at anything. But in high school, I think I kind of did everything. I know I played baseball for a long time, like I think before high school. I think I played football before high school as well. And I was on the wrestling team in high school, which I was pretty decent, but I chose band instead. You couldn't do both. So nah, I wasn't really a big sports guy like until pro wrestling, which I know you're going to be like, it's not a sport. Try it, asshole. I've trained hundreds of people to be wrestlers. Some have been like former football players and basketball players, and none of them could hack it. So if you don't think it's a sport, you're, you're dumb. Um, after wrestling, what inju- injuries still bother you from Jamie? J-A-Y-M-E, Jamie. Uh, what injuries do still bother me? I got a stiff lower back and a stiff neck sometimes, but I think those actually came from like, those are old army injuries. They're not really wrestling. I was very lucky in the wrestling business. I cracked a rib. I broke some toes and fingers and my nose and, you know, stuff like that. But that's all cosmetic injuries. They're not bad injuries. They healed up fine. I don't have any issues from any of that stuff. So I've been real lucky. Um, but I, you know, back in the game now so who knows <laughs> like what injuries could come up i'm not you know bumping every single week like i used to so it's a uh, i should have saved that one for the wrestling podcast but by the way i have a wrestling podcast called the nine mile drive wrestling podcast with me brandon bishop check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast okay uh this is a great question from bridge i don't know if it's bridge or bridget because i just put bridge maybe i didn't see the t but bridge thanks for listening bridge have you ever cried or come close to crying while filming in a, a show for Asai TV? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, there's been happy tears. There's been extremely depressed tears. There's been sad tears. There's been all, all, many tears of tears. Like I, like the first few times I filmed my son, and he was doing so good for his B.B. Axmauser show, which is on Asai TV. Um, I welled up a little bit because he's the only fucker on the planet besides maybe, you know, of course my mom, 
but he's the only person on the planet who can still make me cry. Um, <laughs> mainly, you know, when I just miss him or when he does something amazing. You know, the first time I seen him hold his book, I kind of welled up a little bit too. So I well up every time I drop him off at school. We've 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 covered this, but um, yeah, just seeing him doing, you know, not only just what I do. I'm not trying to push him into my shit, but just to seeing him, just seeing him do well. That's awesome. Even when he has like a concert, when he's playing violin in his high, in his uh, school orchestra, it's cool. I don't cry, but I, you know, I could if I <laughs> if, if I wasn't such a manly man. Yeah, like oh no, I'm not crying. No, I just got I was chopping onions earlier. Yeah, I got a little visine in my eye. Yeah, fuck yeah. But uh, there's been a few times. Um, we have a show called uh, Break the Silence, which is about uh, domestic violence, totally uncut interviews with people. And holy shit, like I had to sit in one day and I know like I'm, I'm, I'm the one going through bad stuff here. No, it's not that at all. But I had to sit in one day listening to eight different stories about, you know, from parents that lost kids to domestic violence, like dead, like they were murdered by their significant others. And I'm sitting here listening to their, you know, their parents pouring their heart out to me to raise awareness for others. And every single time, every single story, I didn't get callous to it. Every single story made me cry. I had to hug them after they were done, every single one of them. So that was a rough day, but you know, it's still on the network, aside TV. I'll keep that on there forever. I hope to add to it someday. I hate the fact that I can, and there's so many cases out there like this, but you know, it needs to be shared. And uh, if you're a parent of a daughter or son, and you're worried about them and you see signs, you know, watch this show. Maybe you'll learn something and act, get involved because otherwise you'll be, you know, on a show like this talking about it later. And it's, there's nothing you could do at that point. So, um, yeah, I mean, we do the show, uh, my story living with cancer. There's, you know, one of those ladies is gone now. She died from her, her sickness and it's brutal, man. It's brutal, but I, I have to tell these stories. So, that's what I'm on this planet to do. I don't, and I made myself that. It's not some divine intervention. This is why Jesus put me on this. No, it's not that shit at all. I found something I think that I'm good at doing and I enjoy doing and uh, it needs to be done. And that's why I do it. So that's what a side TV is about. It's just telling stories. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> Uh, grossest dating story from Angie H. Um, Angie H. Angie H. My grossest dating stories. I can give you two. And this is like, <laughs> if you don't want to hear grossness, then don't listen. Actually, I could probably give you three. And I'm going to do each one of them really quickly because I don't want this to be a two-hour freaking episode. First one, I was on a date with a girl named Kat. And uh, I'll just say Kat. Um this is, fuck, 20 years ago. And when I saw her, because I, I ran the nightclub that I was, the Asylum Concert Club. This is in Lawton, Oklahoma. I ran the club, and I, you know, she showed up, and she says, well, I'm going to go have some drinks next door, which is a bar called the Diamondback Saloon. And I was on a date with this girl, and I said, okay, cool, cool. You know, well, let me get my job done because I'm doing sound for bands and running the club, you know. And so I'll tell you what, afterwards, after we close up, uh, let's go out and we'll get some Korean food at the junction there in Lawton, Oklahoma, and then we'll, uh, you know, do our thing. Well, she was perfectly fine. Awesome girl, cool girl, whatever. I don't remember even what she looks like at this point, but I just remember she was nice. 
And uh, she's like, yeah, 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 okay, I'll come back. I'm excited to you know see you and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, me too. I'm excited to see you. Oh, my God. When she came back at like 1 o'clock, you know, we still had about a half hour, maybe, maybe an hour until we shut down. She was shit-faced. I mean, drunk as anyone I've ever fucking seen in my life. So I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. I only had a couple of drinks because I was nervous to you know, see you tonight. And I'm like... Well, first of all, you're not going to see me now because I fucking hate drunk people. I know you're working in a bar, Brandon. Why would you? It doesn't matter. I fucking hate drunk people. And um, <laughs> so anyways, at the end of the night, I thought she was gone. I thought maybe her friends took her home or whatever it was. No. She's outside laying on the ground, the dirt, right by my car. The door guy wouldn't let me in, and I knew this was your car, so I just waited for you here. Not only was she laying on the ground, drunk and like in and out of consciousness, she shat herself. And I'm not just talking like, you know, a gopher head or maybe a little, you know, slug track or something in the underwear. A little bit of a, a little bit of tar leaked out. I'm not. I'm, no, no, she fucking shat herself. I remember she had like jean shorts on. And there was shit going all the way down both of her legs. It was the, this, and the smell was, oh, it's like, what were you eating? Like fucking live raccoons or something? What the fuck did you eat? It's like, oh, ugh. and you know, I'm not letting her in my car. I'm not letting her <laughs> in the club, you know, to even wash off. There's no place to do that. I'm just like, I don't fucking know what to do here. So I called her a cab. <laughs> and she's crying, but thankfully she passed out like drunk, covered in shit. So I got my car ready and I, I was in my car when the cab pulled up. This is the most fucked up thing I've ever done. You know, a good friend I am. When the cab pulled up, I helped her in there, got into my car and then drove the fuck away before the cab driver could say anything about the smell or anything. Fuck that. I, it's not my responsibility. I don't know what happened to her. I never talked to her again. There's one story. Second story. In Detroit, I met a girl who was dating one of my friends, and I was a douchebag, so I, I took her from him, um, <laughs> at least for this night. You know, She came over. We did, we did what we did. And in the morning, I was like, man, this girl's fucking sweating up a storm. I'm like, holy shit. So I, uh, I get out of bed. And I go downstairs, I let her sleep in, I made breakfast. I'm a good guy. Even back when I was a douchebag in my 20s, I was still a good guy. So I went down and made breakfast, probably like my grandmother's recipe for her cubed potatoes, you know, whatever it is, and some scrambled eggs, maybe bacon if I had it, whatever. I was poor, so I didn't have much. But I still made breakfast and um, brought it up. You know, she came down and she looked a little like disheveled. Don't blame her. She spent the night with me. <laughs> Anyway, um, <laughs> so she uh, you know, comes downstairs. We have breakfast. Kiss, kiss, kiss. She leaves, drives away. It's still pretty early, you know, 9 o'clock, whatever. I don't remember what day it was, but I wanted to go back to bed. So I go upstairs, and the bed is made. I'm like, wow, that's like the first time the fucking anybody's ever made the bed. And I had this like little ghetto house. Like I rented out the upstairs in Detroit or East Point, Michigan, actually. And I go upstairs and the fucking bed's made. And I'm like, well, shit, I just have like a mattress and a box spring on the floor. It's not like you have to make the fucking bed. So I, 
I pull that cover back and I hop right into bed and splash. And then the smell hit me. And I'm just like in that ew stance, like, ah, where your arms are kind of up and you're just like, ah, she peed the bed. Okay. Like a lot. I've never pissed the bed in my life since I was a kid that I could even remember. It wasn't me. <laughs> when I woke up, I was on a somewhat dry side, but she was wet like in my back, you know? So I was like, oh, she pissed the bed. She had to have known that she pissed the fucking bed. And then she made the bed after the fact that she woke up, realized she pissed the bed and she was a little drunk that night. I am fine. It happens. But don't make the fucking bed and then not even tell me about it. I understand being like embarrassed, but don't make the fucking bed. <laughs> like, ah, what did she think was going to happen? It was just going to magically dry. Oh, anyway, it was like that thick ammonia cat piss type smell too. It was brutal. And a funny thing she called like later that day, or I called, I don't think I called her. I'm pretty sure she called. No, 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 no. I know exactly what happened. I told somebody about it and it got back to her. Yeah, good friends I had. And then she called me out of nowhere. Why are you telling everybody I pissed the bed? I'm like, and I, you know, modern day Brandon would never have told anybody that shit, but oh, maybe you, I'm telling you now actually. So <laughs> I guess I'm still an asshole. It's fine. But just don't make the fucking bed. Just come down and be like, look, I was really drunk. I think I peed in your bed. I'm so sorry. I'm so embarrassed. Oh my God. I would have been like, oh, don't worry about it. Fuck. I'm fuck. Just thanks for telling me. I'll change the sheets or throw away the mattress, whatever. But yeah, just don't make the fucking bed. Okay. Story number three, same house too. I was dating this girl named, I'll say her name, Stephanie down in Toledo. Cause I don't know her anymore. I wish I did. She was fucking hot. Um, dating her in Ohio. Cause I used to work in Ohio, like doing minor repairs to like GM dashboards. My friends got me the job. It was a great job at that point in my life. It was like an amazing job. And we were actually living in a hotel down in Toledo. And I met this girl who was working at National Records in the mall down there in Toledo. And her name was Stephanie. She was blonde and just fucking beautiful. And we had a nice fucking fun, sexual, ridiculously whirlwind romance in Toledo. And then she came up all the way to Detroit. Once my job ended, I went back to Detroit. And she would drive up to fucking Toledo from Toledo, which is several hours away. And she, same house in East Point, which is basically Detroit, East Detroit. They just don't want to be called Detroit, so they called it East Point. And, um, yeah, she stays the night. You know, we do our thing again. I'm, and I'm kind of falling in love with this girl, if not already. Like, I'm just like, fuck. Like, this this might be it. Like, I might move to Toledo, and just, this might be it. And she was saying some of the same things. Like, yeah, you know, like, I didn't want a boyfriend, but if I had one, it'd be you. And I remember her saying that, and... It's just a really close relationship. I was kind of nuts about her until she came up and then she um, left, you know, the next morning. And when I go back to the room, I notice on the floor is her panties. And at first I thought it was kind of cute. I was like, look at the, oh, she left her panties here. She wanted a little something, you know, to leave behind. And I'm like, oh, that's sweet. Until I picked them up. <laughs> I hope nobody's eating right now. You know, I picked them up and I wasn't going to sniff them or anything. I trust me. I'm not that guy, but I looked inside of them. 
Every color of the disgusting fucking rainbow was in that color, was in those panties. Mostly brown. A little bit of red. And for some odd reason, some green and yellow. It looked as if she just wiped her ass with her panties and then it's left them in the middle of my floor. And I kept thinking, I just went down on this girl. Like, what the fuck? So, um, the story goes on. I am an asshole back in my twenties, still to the, to this day, to a point, I'm very nice now, I think, but back then total douchebag asshole. I just stopped calling her. I'm like, I'm, and there's no cell phones. We didn't have cell phones at that point. Okay. This is 94, maybe 95, maybe no cell phones, you know? So I barely could keep the phone on that we had at the house. And I just stopped calling her. So I forgot that we already made plans for her to come up the next weekend. And she did late, like really late. I was, and I just got a new job where I was cleaning restaurants overnight with some guy. I don't remember his name or I just remember watching like Weezer and and videos and stuff (laughs) like while cleaning up an Applebee's or whatever it was. But I, I was just getting ready to go to work and I hear this knock. Fuck, who the hell's that? I look out the window, I see her car. I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Like, what am I going to do? Like, first of all, I don't want to see her because I'm grossed out by her. I want to throw up this thinking about her right now because of the panties. So then the knocks got louder. What the fuck? You know, she's yelling out there. I'm like, oh, God damn it. So I'm like, I'm just going to fucking pretend like I don't hear. This is how, you know, a 20-some-odd-year-old Brandon dealt with things. i just just going to ignore the situation. We're like, oh, fuck. And then I hear, she, there was like a, little, like, a, like a little deck. Like you had to open the door to get into the deck, and then you could go to the door to get into the house. It was like this whole patio type of thing in the front. She broke the window and then climbed through the fucking window to the patio. And then I hear like deeper knocks, like on a wooden door, like, oh, fuck. And I'm in my room just like shocked. I felt like I'm trapped and I'm just like, fuck. And I'm afraid of this, like, you know, 115 pound girl because she was just pissed. I've never seen her pissed before. And I'm still thinking of the panties like, oh God, she's probably wearing shitty panties right now. I don't want her up here. And I'm just, you know, whatever. Nowadays, if somebody left shitty panties in my house, I'd be like, hey, you left panties in my house and you're got a bunch of shit in them. Like, could you never do that again, please? And maybe wash your ass, please? Just, you know, I'd, I'd discuss it. I'm more open. I'm more intelligent these days. <laughs> I'm not as shallow anymore. So then I'm like, well, fuck, she's going to break like a window to like the living room window or something. I, I, what the fuck are we going to do? Uh, I, I, we, I'm, me, what the fuck am I going to do? I was home alone. I had a roommate named Dane, but he wasn't there, thankfully. So I go down, I open the door. I'm like, hey, I was sleeping. <laughs> Bullshit. And she's like, what the fuck? We're supposed to see each other and you haven't called me all week. And I'm like, fuck, I called you. You never answered. You can get away with saying shit like that back in the day when you, before cell phones. I called you. Nobody fucking answered. And she's all this like, well, fuck, I just got a new job and I got to go to work. And she's fucking pissed at this point and just mad as shit. What the fuck am I supposed to do while you're at fucking work? And I'm just like, well, tell you what. Then I turned it around on her, like, 
Look, if you're going to be a bitch, then you can just fucking drive your ass home. Like, I come all the way up here from fucking Toledo. I don't want to. Like, look, I don't want a fucking, you know, angry person in my face. And I'm sorry I couldn't get a hold of you all week. This is the argument. I'm sure it's close to what actually happened. You got to think this is 20 fucking five years ago. Holy shit, I'm old. But anyways, she left and I never saw her again. That's a bummer because we had a really fun little friendship thing going there. So. Anyways, those are my top three. Oh, my God, I'm still doing the mail, and I still have to get to the meat. All right, shut the fuck up, Brandon. Give me the meat. Give me the meat. How can you have any pudding if you don't give me the meat? Everything that you believe in is complete and utter bullshit. I added the complete and utter, but that is mainly the title of this episode. That's the meat, the heart, the main subject of this episode of the Brandon Bishop podcast, which by the way, I think we're like at our 25th episode right now. Something like that. Are we at 25 or 26? Well, I don't know what it is, but we're, we're racking them up and it's getting more fun for me too. It's getting more uh, easy and it's, it's, it's a better flow. And thanks to all these little, you know, voiceover uh, voice clips, sound bites, whatever they are. It sounds like a professional podcast now, doesn't it? And you guys are listening and you're tuning in. The only problem I have is more people listen to my wrestling podcast than they do to this one. Right now, like I said, we're hovering around 1,600 people. I haven't counted Spotify. I don't even know how to count Spotify or tune in or any of these things. But, you know, from Apple Music and all that, we're getting some listens. But the wrestling one is like closer to 2,000. So just listen to both. What else do you have to do all week? Nothing. You wake up in the morning, you listen to the Brandon Bishop podcast with me, Brandon Bishop. And then when you go to bed, you listen to the Nine Mile Drive Wrestling podcast. Whether or not you're a wrestling fan whatsoever, just listen to the shit. I share a lot of personal stuff on there too. A lot of opinions. Get into wrestling. It's the perfect thing. It's the perfect form of entertainment. I'll talk about that another time. Maybe on the other podcast. But everything that you believe in is bullshit. Brandon, why the fuck would you say that? Why would you say that to me? I hold many things sacred. I I love and have faith in many things. I believe in many things. I base my life on these roots, the the code of ethics, and this culture that is me. And you're telling me that all of that is bullshit? Yes. Everything is bullshit. Everything. Your politics is bullshit. Your religion is bullshit. Reality television is bullshit. Education is bullshit. Taxes are bullshit. The whole system that we are forced to reside in is bullshit. Your success? Bullshit. American history? World history? Bullshit. Conspiracy theories? Mostly bullshit. Celebrity? Celebritism? Bullshit. The diet that you're on right now, that your friend's on right now, is bullshit. War? Around the world? Bullshit. You know why? Because none of it means anything. Now, I'm going to depress the fuck out of you on this one, but I hope your mind is open and you use this as an ability to think and grow a little bit. Here's why it's bullshit. We're all going to be dead soon. Every single, this is depressing shit, I know. But every single one of us, me, you, your kids, your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your friends, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, your kids' kids, dead. In 80 years, everything I'm saying right now won't fucking matter. Probably sooner. 
<coughs> now I'm coughing, see, because I'm dying. I'm slowly dying. We're all dying right now. Hang on, I'm going to get another drink of life before I get into this shit. Mm. Oh, the last drink of coffee is always the worst. It's cold, stale tasting. <sighs> but we're all going to die soon. None of Nothing we do truly matters, does it? Once again, for the 900th time I've said on this podcast, we are all microorganisms cuddled together on a small floating blue rock in an endless universe that we know nothing about. Does it matter that Donald Trump is being impeached? No. Does it matter that we executed some Iranian general? No. Does it matter who's on the Wheaties box? No. Does any of William Shakespeare's work matter? No. Does anything matter? Does any major art piece or piece of music or televised or movie or any of that stuff, does any of the love between you and your children truly matter in the grand scheme of things? No. None of it fucking matters. Which you could look at two different ways. It could depress you. And you could say, well, what's life for? I'm talking about the overall grand scheme of everything. From the farthest reaches of the universe to inside of your own heart. Not your metaphorical heart, your actual heart, your beating heart in your chest. From the very center cell of that to the farthest reaches of the universe, does anything that you do or I do or you say or I say or anybody does or says matter? It does not. And this is how I personally go through life. And it gives me a sense of carefreeness that you can't buy. It gives you a sense of peace that you can't manufacture. So when I wake up, I think, okay, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want to do today. Do you know why I do a side TV? Do you know why I do the 22 thing that we're getting ready to do all year? Do you know why I do these charity events? Do you know why I do all these things with my kid and write songs and everything? Because that's what I feel like doing. Does any of it matter? No, none of it matters in the grand scheme of the universe. But there are other universes. I'm not talking about parallel dimensions. No, which may exist. We don't know. I'm talking about the universe within yourself. In those universes, in those realms, all of that stuff matters. It's all that matters. We're all walking around in our own little realm in our own little universe. Now, our universes don't mean shit to the overall universe. It doesn't. But we all have our own. We all have our own, and it's all within our brains, our wonderful brains that we also know nothing about. It's all in there. The love for our kids and our families, and that's all that matters. Creativity. I know that my little universe here is an amazing little place, and I'm sure yours is as well. But I love, love, love my family and my friends. I love what I get to do every day. I hate the fact that I'm 
forced into, you know, a slightly bigger universe called the system where you have to pay taxes on your taxes and then you get taxed for the money you earn and then you get taxed for the money you spend and then you get taxed when you die and taxed when you live and taxed when you buy a house and taxed when you buy a car and taxed. You know, I fucking hate the system that my universe is forced to reside within, but I, I love my own little universe. It's fun. It's a fun place, man. There's, there's a lot to do. It's a lot of goals to, that have been set. And there's a lot of success. There's a lot of lessons that I learned from failures. It's not all sunshine, rainbows and unicorn shit, but it's, there's a lot of that in there. So I don't understand things like, like what we're seeing in, in Washington with the politics. I don't understand it because it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. None of that affects you. The, politics is basically a big club, like George Carlin said. It's a giant club, and you're not in it. Very few are. Even people in Washington aren't in the big club. And then there's the club above that of the people that own this planet. You don't think they exist and you're stupid. That's not a conspiracy theory. It's a proven fact. There are people that own this planet that tell the politicians what to do. And the politicians tell the media what to do. And the media tells you what you should be afraid of and where you should go for a good cheeseburger. It's true. I'm not just saying this to sound prophetic. It's true. All of this is true. They're the ones that manipulate your universe. And to an extent, they've manipulated mine as well. There's nothing we can do about it. I like Starbucks. <laughs> I like to have, like I said, a good, nice, tasty cheeseburger. Tacos. I like to see movies once in a while if they interest me. I'm forced to listen to what they call music nowadays. Those are all influencers. I see what's on the news. They're telling me all these things that people above them tell them and then people above them tell them. And all of our money, all these taxes that we're talking about all go uphill, don't they? They never come back downhill. Trickle-down economics was bullshit. Never happened. It all goes uphill. Defies gravity. Creates its own gravity. So yeah, all these elections are bullshit. They already know who the next president's going to be. Or it'll probably remain Donald Trump, to be honest with you. Because it's bullshit. Religion. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Religion is... Okay. Let's talk religion just real quickly. One last thing about religion. I like to approach things in a scientific... I'm not a scientist, obviously. Not smart enough. But I like to approach things in a scientific uh, angle. You know, I like to come at it like, okay, give me some proof. Give me any proof that Jesus existed. Any. Give me any proof of all these miracles. Give me any proof of the crucifixion, resurrection, immaculate conception, talking donkeys. Give me any proof. Well, I have faith in the Bible. And what the Bible said was, first of all, you probably never read the Bible ear to ear. I have. 
several times because it interested me. Do you know why I read the Bible the first time? Because I was in a singing for a death metal band back in the late 80s, and I really wanted to come up with some cool lyrics. So I looked up like Revelation 18 or whatever it was about the end of the world and all these different things. And I was like, oh, cool. There's some cool shit in here. Like back in the 80s, Jesus was like a real thing to me as well. It was just kind of there, though. I didn't really like sought. I wasn't sodding, wasn't chasing it. It wasn't sought after by any means. It was just there. It's like, okay, it's Jesus, whatever. It's kind of like the president. Okay, there's Jesus, president, whatever. But then you get older and older and smarter and wiser. And you realize that Jesus and the president are both bullshit. <laughs> at least they tell you about Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny like before you get old enough to be looked at stupidly. It's the same thing. But there's no evidence. Zero. Having faith in Jesus isn't evidence. Having faith, the word faith means hope. I have hope. Concrete hope that there's a Jesus, that all of these things happened, that Moses parted the Red Sea. <laughs> Come on, dude. Come on. There are even like high-ranking bishops and not me, but the high ranking like cardinals and bishops and whatever the fuck the ranking system is in religion that don't believe any miracles and any of the stuff like that in the Bible. Your, 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 your founding fathers like Thomas Jefferson wrote his own version of the Bible without all of the mythical magical bullshit and, and miracle bullshit in it and just kept the, the teachings of Jesus of Nazareth or whatever it is. Look it up. Even your precious founding fathers like Ben Franklin said lighthouses are more useful than churches. Because they are. <laughs> Lighthouses can keep you from running into big rocks. Churches can dupe you into giving all your money to an imaginary man in the sky. So religion is bullshit. Not to mention there's 15, 20,000 different religions that all kind of tell the same story, but they all put their own little twist on it, don't they? Whatever suits them best. Not to mention most Christians, if you want to stay with them alone, only take what they want out of the Bible. And then they'll move some words around, like, you know, gay marriage and all that stuff, to, to suit their agendas. But they'll still eat shellfish on a fucking Sunday or whatever the fuck that was. They still eat pork. They still, you know, <laughs> wear a certain kind of fabric on a certain kind of day or whatever. They, they don't give a shit about that. Oh, no, that's all bullshit. <sighs> Actually, everything in there is bullshit. It's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful book. It's well-written. It's well-organized. There's nothing like it out there. I can't wait for the movie. Reality television. I'm in the television business, and I'll tell you what. Reality television isn't television. I mean, it isn't reality. It's definitely television, but everything's scripted. And that's what I think politics is, and that's what I think religion is. It's a show. It's entertainment. I've walked into the St. Uh, Patrick's Cathedral in New York City. I've walked into the uh, St. Louis Basilica in New Orleans. And you know what? You walk in there and you see all the, the moaning and the chanting in the background. You see the low lighting and the candles and you see the big stained glass windows everywhere. It's fucking entertainment. For crying out loud, there's a stage with lighting right there. Anything that has a stage with lighting is theater. Right? It is. Whether you think so or not, it's theater. It's entertainment. And that's what it's all about. A little bit of spooky, a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of uh, just, you know, they want you to feel small and inadequate. The Romans got that shit down. The Catholics, hell yeah. <sighs> Education, complete bullshit. 
Let's start with American history. Name one thing in American history that is said to have happened that happened the way it was said to have happened in an American history book. Everything, every, just about every fucking thing that I learned in history class in high school and before that, and even after that in college, has been proven to be suspect at best. Paul Revere, bullshit. Did you know that Abraham Lincoln was bisexual? They're not going to teach you that in the history books, are they? At least not yet. All that stuff. Washington crossing the Delaware. Bullshit. It's just... The winners get to write the books. And apparently we won something. I'm not sure what we won. But we wrote the books. We wrote the history books. We're not going to sit there and say that, you know, all our, our fucking presidents like Truman and all that were fucking racist pieces of shit. That's not going to be in the history books. They're not going to say that, you know, we dropped the bomb just to prove a point to Russia, which is true. They're not going to say that. The war was over when we dropped those fucking bombs on those Japanese people. I already talked about taxes a little bit. This whole system that we're stuck in, that our individual universes are are forced to reside within. It ruins us, man. We're, we're indentured servants. Tell me how this isn't a form of slavery. Do you, know, do you know what credit is? I don't have good credit because I don't have credit cards. But do you know what credit is and what you need to do to get good credit? You have to buy into the system and get out a credit card and, and take out loans and make payments on things with interest. That's how they get you. You have to pay interest on all of these loans and credit cards and all this stuff, which puts money back into their pockets. In return, we're going to reward you. Your grand prize is a number. <laughs> and with that number, you can go buy more shit and pay more interest. And Are you getting it? And you believe in this system. We're all forced to believe in this system. It's the American way. And there's no place on the planet you can go right now to get away from the American way. We've saturated the market. We own all of these little fucking countries. Do you know why there's an axis of evil called Iran and North Korea and Russia and all this shit? It's because they don't buy into our fucking system. So they must be evil. At least that's what we're going to tell our people. Oh, they're fucking evil. When actually it's just a bunch of people like me and you sitting around going, oh, fuck, am I going to pay bills this week? Conspiracy theories. I like conspiracy theories, don't you? Because they're entertaining as fuck. JFK, 9-11, all that shit. What about the conspiracy theories we don't talk about? What about Operation Northwoods? Look that one up for you a second. And then leave, uh, leave a little uh, comment or a post on my Brandon Bishop podcast Facebook page or whatever you want to do. Go look up Operation Northwoods. It's where the American government was going to do a false flag attack on Florida, making it look like Cuba attacked us, killing our civilians and destroying our properties, making it look like Cuba did it so we could have a reason to attack Cuba. There's also the Lusitania, which started World War II, I think. Um, You know, my brain's a little foggy right now. You know, when you're doing this kind of stuff, I don't cut and edit unless I have to. So I just kind of free ball it. Just like me not wearing underwear. 
So sometimes my facts aren't perfect. Forgive me. I'll apologize for it later if you point it out. But they sunk the Lusitania, which killed a bunch of people, and that started, you know, brought us into World War II, I think. Pretty sure that's what it was. How about celebrities? That whole celebrity system is just bullshit. Yeah, there are people out there that deserve to be elevated in stature because they're talented or they're physically superior, whatever it is, or they're just fucking straight up hot. I get that. But if you really look at the underbelly of Hollywood, you know, read some books, read some documentaries. It's a pretty disgusting place. Kids being raped and women being fucking raped and just people expected to do things because, you know, some fat fucker like Harvey Weinstein can't get a fucking heart on unless he's forcing somebody to do something they don't want to do. And that's rampant. That's rampant, man. That's, that's everywhere. So anyways, the diet that you're on, you know what a, you know what a proper diet is? Don't eat so much. Work out a little bit. Simple as that. I need to adhere by those, that thing that I'm talking about. Everybody's different. Most people are completely different. We may have the same DNA. We may have the same genetic makeup, but we're completely different. The diet that you're on, the diet that your friend's on, the diet that your mom's on is all bullshit. If it has a name to it, it's fucking bullshit. Find out what works for you and do that. Don't eat so much. Don't eat fast food. Don't drink fucking soda. Don't drink alcohol. It's fucking simple. But our addictions through advertising and childhood memories and just the latest, greatest thing. I had a fucking Popeye's chicken sandwich the other day, and you know what? It is fucking amazing. It's delicious. I had two of them. Should I have? No. Do I know that I shouldn't have? Yes. Did I still do it? Fuck yeah. Will I do it again? Probably. I got fucking bananas and avocados sitting on the counter turning brown. And I'm over here eating all this greasy, salty, fucking disgusting, sugary garbage. And my body's like, fuck you, dude. Why? Because I'm addicted to it. And so are you. What shitty fucking thing did you eat today? I imagine there's something. It's probably peanut butter M&M's. (laughs) oh boy war we're like i said small organisms small floating blue planet endless universe and we can't figure it out we have to kill each other that's mostly government shit we've talked about that i think a bunch of times that's mostly two governments my dick's bigger than your dick um let's kill our people let's thin out the population a little bit Yeah, man. Why? I don't hate anybody enough to kill them unless they're booming fucking rap music at three o'clock in the fucking morning outside of my goddamn window. Then that person deserves to die. But I don't hate anybody in Iran because they don't do that. Iranians also, do they smoke? I know they don't drink. They're not allowed to drink. So there's no drunken assholes over there. There's no uh, rap music over there. And if there is, I mean, it's not being boomed out of car stereos at three o'clock in the morning. I love the Iranian people. (laughs) I do. I think they're amazing. Everyone I've ever met from Iran, Iraq, all of them, fucking amazing people. We've talked about this. I don't want any of them to die because of our government not agreeing with their government. And a lot of them, you know, are programmed to hate us, but that's their government. Governments are so fucking shitty, man. Why can't we just have like, a council of 12, let's make it an, 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 
odd number, a council of 13 people, the smartest fucking people, the scientists, the businessmen, it's the smartest ones that aren't affiliated to a party. 13 individual people. I'm not talking about the Supreme Court. Fuck all them. I'm talking about this 13 of the smartest, most productive, just ingenious people. 13 of them. And they vote on everything. And we elect those 13 people. They get to stay. We have 13 presidents. Why do we got to rely on one dumb motherfucker? You know, I didn't agree with anything Obama did either, but at least he wasn't an embarrassment. So let's say we got 13 people, man. It's just a, it's, it's a council. It's a council of Ricks on Rick and Morty. And they just, they, they figure shit out. And we vote them in to figure shit out. And they do. And they do their fucking job. Think of that. You could sell trading cards. You could, they could be, you know, just the fucking 12 leaders of the world, man. Why, why do we have to have what we have? Because it's what we've always had. I don't mind. I like to get up and go. We, we don't even get the day off to go vote. It's 2020. We can't even vote online right now. You're telling me that they can't secure one website with all their might? One website where we can just go there and vote and make it work? We can't figure that out in 2020? It's bullshit. The system that you believe in is bullshit. The religions that you believe in are bullshit. The politics are bullshit. Television is bullshit. Education is bullshit. Taxes are bullshit. American history, world history, bullshit. Conspiracy theories, bullshit. Celebrities, diets, war, bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. And the main reason it's bullshit because none of it fucking matters. But in our own little universe, it's all that matters. What if we all... What if we all got realistic with our own little universes and realized that none of this shit matters? Do you know how free we would be? Not just from a system and tyranny and from indentured servitude and slavery and all that stuff. Do you know how free we would be as humans when we didn't have all this shit over our heads stressing us out to the point of wanting to die? How many people commit suicide every day because they just can't fucking handle it? We've all thought about it, every one of us. Just fucking, just, God, it's one out. Haven't you ever said that? It's one out. I don't want any of this shit anymore. I don't want fucking any of it. And then you get those small doses of happiness within your own little universe, and then you're like, oh, fucking okay. None of us should ever have that thought in our heads. We should all be just trying to just make our lives better and the lives of those around us better. Being respectful and being, having fun and being creative. But that's not what we got, is it? No, we got this fucked up system. And it's all fucking bullshit. So what do we do? What do we do? How do we change this? It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in the next 10, 50 years. It's not. We just have to keep coming up with ideas and just slowly tweaking things until they eventually turn and change. Until they suit us instead of, you know, the fucking people that own the world. Slow methodical, sluggish, annoying change, mind-fucking-numbing change, minute by minute, second by second. That's what we have to do. And then maybe our grandkids' grandkids will enjoy this fucking place if we haven't fucked it up by then. 
So are you thinking? Are you thinking of ways to change things? Because that's how it happens. It's a thought. A thought that turns into influence, that turns into a wildfire. And we could burn down this whole fucking system. One marble column at a time. And all those douchebags in Washington that are currently hanging upside down by their ankles in the dungeon of douche annex. Eventually, they're not too long from now, they're all going to die off. All these old, old men in their 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. They got to go at some point. We all do. We're all dying. We're all going to die. I'm not going to see this change. My son's probably not going to see the change. Or maybe his grandkids. Maybe they'll see something. I don't know, man. I wish I had more time. But at the same time, I wish sometimes my time would just end. Are the small doses of happiness within our own little universes, are they worth it? Because like I said, I could die right now and a few thousand people would be upset for about a year. Facebook memories would remind them every year. Oh yeah, Brandon died this time last five years ago. Let's post something about it and get some likes so I can attach myself to that and get attention. We're all attention starved. We all want to be celebrities. We all want to be the, the, the fucking focal point. We all want to be the main event. We all want to be badasses. But we all can't be that. Because none of us matter. Some of us are more entertaining than others. I try to be that. I'm hardly squeaking by right now by talking to you people and doing what I do and all these different endeavors. I'm just trying to figure out how to be lazy. <laughs> I want to work this whole year just to figure out how to be lazy within my own little universe. But it's hard to have your own little universe when you know that in the big universe, the big main one, my little universe doesn't matter. You couldn't love anybody more than I love my son, my mom, my close friends. You couldn't. But that's all in my little universe and their universes. None of us really matter. You don't matter. So what do we do? I'll tell you what to do. You got 80 fucking years to play if you're lucky. Maybe a few more, maybe less. We could all drop dead right now. Who knows? A meteor could be fucking charging right at our planet right now that's six times the size of our sun. We don't fucking know. We know nothing about the universe. We know nothing about creation. We know nothing about what's going to happen tomorrow until it happens. So take the time that you have in your own little universe and just have fun. But Brandon... I can't just have fun. I got bills to pay. I got kids to feed. I have, I got to get to work. I got to fucking, I got this big fucking rash on my ass. I got to take care of and I got to, I got to cook dinner and I got to fucking do this. I got to go shopping and I got to clean the cat box and I got to fucking, dude, just, why are you looking at those things like uh, they're negatives? You don't have to feed your kids. You get to feed your kids. That's the way I look at things. I'm excited when I get to cook dinner for my kid, even though he hates every fucking thing I cook. I get to do something for him, and then we get to sit down and talk and watch TV and eat. It's a thing. It's not a wasted moment. 
Do I enjoy cleaning the cat box? Nope. But I enjoy when it's clean. So I get that to look forward to, I guess. I'm one of the lucky ones that enjoy what I do for a living, so I can't wait to go to work wherever I'm doing something or whatever I'm doing. But it doesn't change the fact that I'm going to be dead in 40 years. If I'm very, very lucky, I'm 46 right now, I'd be 86, yeah. 35 years. Maybe less. I'm going to be dead, and none of this shit's going to fucking matter. The only way it matters is if I you know, build it up big enough and pass it down to my kid to where he can take over. And then he'll die in fucking, what, 60, 70 years. Then maybe you'll have some kids to pass it down to. That's the only thing that motivates me in the morning. Besides just wanting to have fun. Looking at things for what they really are. Enjoying nature. Enjoying, you know, a four-second orgasm. Enjoying a nice cup of bulletproof coffee or taco, whatever it is. Putting smiles on people's faces. Making them think. That's what motivates me. I'm never motivated by, gotta pay these fucking bills. Even though I do. I have to. I have to figure it out. This month has been a lean-ass month. This whole winter has been shit for me. So I gotta figure it out, but I'm not gonna let it kill me. Not anymore. Because I'll be dead soon enough. And none of it matters. Anyways. I hope you're thinking. I hope I didn't depress the fuck out of you. Even though, you know, it could happen. But overall, it's just how it is, man. You got 80 years to play. Make the most of them and die with as little regret as possible. That's the goal. Now it's time for the happy ending. Okay, okay, okay. The happy ending. Uh, a happy ending is usually when you are, you know, getting a nice massage and someone jerks you off at the end. Uh, that's an amazing happy ending. So I um, would rather have be would rather be having one of those at the moment. To be honest with you, I need a good massage. My neck hurts. Um, probably from wrestling injuries or army injuries. And then a nice, you know, rub and tug. I mean, that's, that's the shit. That, that's it right there. That's what I'm talking about. Enjoying life. If you want to have, you know, a little release and that person's all in, then do it. That's why I'm single because I don't want to answer to anybody. I don't want to, I don't want to get back into the subject. You're done with my meat. Okay. My meat is out of you now. And now I'm giving you a happy ending. But um, do what you need to do. Do what makes you happy. If you don't like your fucking job, quit it as soon as possible. Figure out something in the meantime that you enjoy doing, that you want to do, that you're good at doing, and do that. And then when you can make that transition, snap, fuck the job, you're doing your thing. That's what I did. If I can do it, nearly anybody can do it. I'm not going to say everybody can do it because some of you out there are pretty dumb motherfuckers, to be honest with you. And you have no fucking drive and you have no creativity and all you can be is a worker bee. And that's needed. That's what your, uni- your little universe is about. That's what your personal little universe is about. You're a worker bee. Go fucking man the phones at a cable company. Go ring up people's fucking Slurpees at 7-Eleven. And that's what you're good at and that's what you're you know con- content in doing, then fine. But if it's not, then get off your fucking ass and do something that does. Get off your fucking ass and do the thing that you want to do because you're going to be dead soon. All of you are going to be dead soon. That's not a threat. 
It's, it's a promise. It's nature. It happens. <sighs> anyway, so the happy ending, I'm just going to drop some plugs on you. Uh, you can get Asai TV, ASY TV at ASYTV.com coming back soon or sooner than you think to Roku, Apple TV and Amazon Fire. We're going to be everywhere. Over 600 hours of all original commercial free class. Oh, all original. I fucked up my own jingle. All original and classic TV and movies. Commercial free. Truly something for everybody. You've got Netflix, you've got Hulu, you've got Amazon Prime, you've got Disney Plus, you've got HBO Go, you've got all of that shit. Now add a side TV to it, and it's only five bucks, less than a cup of Starbucks coffee, less than that delicious burrito that's in the back of your mind that you want to devour and shove into your face immediately after listening to this podcast. 17 cents a day, five bucks a month. No excuses. If you're listening to this podcast, you need to get a side TV. There's truly something on there that you'll enjoy. I promise. And if there's not, then you didn't look very hard. So AsyTV, ASYTV.com. Get it now. My son and I wrote a book called Billy Fred Whopper Goggles. It is on Amazon, and you can go there right now. I think it's discounted. Go there right now and buy it. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, let us know what you think on the Billy Fred Whopper Goggles Facebook page. Take a selfie with the back of the book, which is half of Billy Fred's face. Put your face on the other half and then snap a selfie. Put it on there. Whatever. Um... The Chocolate and Cheese Expo is coming up here in Colorado Springs. So if you're in Colorado in general or a surrounding state, it's the Chocolate and Cheese Expo. It's the third one we've done. They get bigger and bigger every year. It's all for charity. Come on out. Stuff your face. Go shopping. You're going to have a good time. Uh, Also, we got the Gamer Taco Comic Con coming up. We had to move the date to May 2nd and 3rd because it's not facing another event that's in town that was similar. And it's Cinco de Mayo weekend. I'm doing a taco event. So May 2nd and 3rd, two-day event, 10 bucks. Look up for the uh, event page on Facebook. Gamer Tacos Comic Con. Boom. Can't beat it. What else? Uh, yeah, they, like I said before, if you're a wrestling fan, the Nine Mile Drive Wrestling Podcast is uh, my other podcast, a Nine Mile Drive Wrestling Podcast with me, Brandon Bishop. Check it out wherever you found this one. And um, what else? There's more. Uh, the 22, I already told you about that at the top of the show. Uh, what else is going on? All kinds of shit. Um, Look me up on Facebook. Have a conversation with me. Keep asking the questions. I really appreciate it every time I see a question on the uh, on the inbox. So keep those coming. And uh, enjoy your own little universes, okay? Because that's all you get. Like I said, 80 years to play, then we're out. Lights go off. Don't count on an afterlife because it's probably not going to happen. Um, but do I know that for sure? I don't. And neither do you. Love you guys. I'm Brandon.